Thank you so much for checking out our podcast. We hope today's message encourages, inspires, and empowers you to follow after Jesus like never before. Before we get into today's teaching, I want to invite you to join us live at one of our services at any of our three campuses in West Virginia, or join us as we stream live online. For more information or to save your seat at one of our services, visit our website, iheartchurch.online. Now let's check out today's message. So we've been in a series called Make Room, and we're going to continue that series. Last week, we talked about how uh, sometimes you will make room for God in some area of your life, and it eventually leads to some type of miraculous provision or miracles. We looked at three different stories. We looked at the, the widow woman uh, with Elijah and how she had to make room by offering God, uh, offering the man of God the, the bread that she had first, and then she was provided for through the entire famine, and not only the famine, but later her son died, and her son was raised from the dead. We talked about the widow woman in 2 Kings chapter 4 who had all these, uh, had this huge debt that she had to pay in. And Elisha told her, go collect as many vessels and jars as you can. Take what little oil you have and begin to pour it into the vessels. And as she poured it, as many vessels as she had, as much room as she created for God, God filled it. She was able to sell the, the, uh, the oil and was able to keep her children and her family intact. And then we talked about a, another woman. This woman was a Shumanite woman who was in 2 Kings 4 as well, who literally made a room, built a furnished apartment for Elisha to stop by when he was coming through town. And, and it led to not only her, she was barren and, and was unable to have children, but she was able to have a miracle child and give birth to a child. But later that child became sick to the point of where he died and God even raised him from the dead. And so when we talk about making room for God, we kind of like those messages like, hey, make room for God and God will do a miracle in your life. Come on, how many, like that kind of excites you a little bit. Like if you, if you give and, and you make room and you serve and things, then God will move in your life and he'll provide for you. He can, he can you know, give you a child. If you don't have a child, you know, he can work miracles, even, even raise the dead in your life. And, and a lot of the church really gets excited about things like that. Uh, 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 but, and, and we should be excited that our God is a miracle-working God, that he is able to heal the sick. He is able to provide where there seems to be no way. He is able, even able to raise the dead if he needs to do it that we serve a mighty and a powerful God. But sometimes in our life, the way that God moves in our life, when we make room for him, it isn't convenient. And like, just like that, I'm like, hey, if you make room for God, it's gonna create some inconvenience in your life. Like everybody's just like, I, I, don't, I don't want that. I like the miracles, I like the provision, I like to raise the dead, I like to see the power of God, and we're going to talk about something today, and, and I, and I kind of want to ask this question, if you knew making room for God would make your life more difficult, would you still make room for God? And you know, there are a lot of people in the church world today who that's not what they signed up for. Like they like the they like the prosperity. They like to be happy. Everything goes great. They like all of those things. But I'm I'm just here to tell you today. Sometimes when you make room for God, 
it would literally make your life a little more difficult. Sometimes when you make room for God, it will lead to periods and seasons of time where there may be some suffering that may come in your life. But I can tell you this, everything that God allows us to go through in our life, there is always purpose for our pain. He always takes and turns the ashes that we may have to go through in the period of time of ashes and mourning, he will always turn it around into something beautiful. But the question is, will we still make room for God? The story we're going to look at today is the story of Mary and how Mary had to make room for God. And This is in Luke chapter 1. It's the Christmas story. We're going to pick up at verse 28. It says, and, and coming in, this is where the angel appears before Mary, and coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one. Some translations say highly favored. You know, that, that basically, there, there's like you, God has looked down on your life and he is extremely pleased with what's going on in your life. He said, the Lord is with you. Come on, how many of you like favor in your life? How many of you like to know, I got like two people that are with me. I'm, I'm, Debbie, I'm just going to come preach to you right now. I mean, you're with me. We all like favor. We love to hear that God is with us. That no matter where we are, you know, when we sing that song, Emmanuel, God is with us, there's a certain level where we want to know that we're not in life alone, that no matter what we're going through, that God will be right there with us. And this angel comes and says, listen, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And, and it says that Mary was very perplexed at this statement. And, and she kept pondering about what kind of, of salutation that this was. And so, like, this whole thing, thing of being highly favored and the Lord being with you. You got to remember, I think some people, we don't, we don't understand like the time period and everything. Mary, most scholars believe she was about 14 years old. And she's in a very patriarchal society that the focus is on the man and not the woman. And so to go to a 14-year-old girl who in, in, in the thing really is just somebody who's there to serve, is really in, in this time even really part of property. That Many young girls at 14 and 15 years old were traded off as wives and spouses to different families to bring connection business decisions or uh, or family feuds solved by joining together in marriage and all of these things. She really, in the cultural society and everything, she would not be one that you would see as highly favored. And that's why she was perplexed. She didn't understand why is it that, that God is, is, is saying this to me. Pull up the, the next verse there after the highly favored. It says, the angel said, listen, do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you are going to conceive uh, in your womb, and you are going to bear a son, and you're going to name him Jesus. Which the, the form here, the word is Yeshua, which literally the word means salvation. You're going you're to name him salvation. He goes on and, and says, and he will be great. And he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. 
Can you imagine, moms, if an angel shows up before you and says, listen, your son is going to be born, and he is going to rule the nations. He is going to be one of the most powerful, successful men who ever lived. He's going to prosper. His kingdom will reach other nations and build up. Like, we would be so proud of our son and, and everything. And, and so that's, this is kind of the feeling that she has is, wait a minute, my son is going to follow after King David. My son is going to be called a savior and the son of the most high. Like, she has to be over overwhelmed at how much this is. And, and she even, even told her that your son is going to save the world through you. The world is going, your son, the world is going to be saved. That's like this huge miracle. And you know Mary has to feel so overwhelmed to the point of, what did I, how, how, why me? My, my, my kid? My kid is going to be a king? I'm, I'm just a 14-year-old girl. And then the thoughts start kind of processing of reality. Wait a minute. How am I supposed to have a kid? I'm 14. I've never been married. I, I've never been with a guy. I don't. This can't, this can't be happening. It goes on in verse 34, and it says, Mary said to the angel, um, that's great news, but uh, I'm a virgin. <laughs> I, never, I don't know nobody. I, not married. Don't know if you know that's kind of an impossibility right now. And it doesn't say that the angel said, oh, my bad. I was, I was looking for Mary Smith. I got, I must have got the wrong Mary Smith. You know, Mary Smith is a common name. And it says the angel answered her and said, listen, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. And, and the power from the Most High is going to overshadow you. And for that reason, this child will be called the Son of God. In other words, Mary, I need you to understand something, Mary. I'm not asking, are you able to give birth to a child when you've never known a man? I'm not asking for you to do any part of this. All I am coming to you is saying, this is God's will for your life. Will you make yourself available for God to work a miracle through you? Will you make yourself of will you make room in your womb <laughs> like literally like make room <laughs> for God's will to be fulfilled in your life and I believe it's the same type of call that God has for us Listen, I'm, I'm not worried about your ability to accomplish what I've called you to do all I'm asking for is Will you make yourself available so that the Holy Spirit can work a miracle in you that you would never be able to perform in yourself? It's not about what you can do. Can I tell you something? The gospel of Jesus Christ has never been about what we can do. It's always been about will you make yourself available 
And if you will, I will send the power of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit would do things in you and through you that you and everybody else thought was completely impossible. And then he begins to talk to her and he says, listen, hey, Elizabeth, Elizabeth is getting ready to have a baby. Verse 36 says, even behold, your relative Elizabeth, she has conceived a child in her old age. See, Mary didn't know that Elizabeth was pregnant yet. And Elizabeth was older in age, and even earlier in the story, she's pregnant with John the Baptist. Even earlier in the story, Zechariah is in the temple, and he's presenting his gifts on the altar and everything. And the angel of the Lord comes and tells him, listen, you, you're going to give birth to, uh, uh, your wife is going to give birth to a son. And, and he's like, how am I supposed to know this is true? We're, we're too old for this. This can't even happen. And Mary knew that Elizabeth was old. Mary knew that Elizabeth wasn't able to have children. And so what does the angel of the Lord doing here. He is trying to build faith in Mary to say, listen, your cousin Elizabeth, who you know has been barren this entire time, I have even given her a child. The power of God has already moved in her life to be able to bring a life where there was always death. Can you do it? Will you make yourself available for the same thing? She said she, she was called to be barren in the sixth month, but listen, Nothing is impossible with God. Turn to your neighbor and say, nothing is impossible with God. Turn to the neighbor you chose to ignore and say, will you make room for God to do what seems impossible? It's like, look, I think it's very interesting that out of all of the people in the world, out of all of the barren ladies in the world who could have a child that God chose Elizabeth to have a child. Can I say this? God is a master organizer. He knew that Mary knew Elizabeth's situation. He knew that Mary knew that Elizabeth wanted to have a child but was completely unable to have a child. See, it's one thing to know somebody outside of your sphere of influence. If the angel of the Lord would have came up and said, hey, do you know Sue? The, no, not that Sue. The redheaded Sue. No, the, the one that works at Walmart. The redheaded Sue that works at Walmart. She works in cashier. She's she got kind of big old eyes. And Yeah, 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 that's Sue. She's going to have a baby. Mary would have been like, so? Good for her. But God planned it out so much that he went to Elizabeth. Can I tell you something? God is in such control that the Bible even says that God is the God who opens and closes the womb. God was in so con such control of Elizabeth's life. She, he kept Elizabeth barren until this point when it was time. Guys, do you see how big our God is? And God is the same way. That he will allow God to bring a blessing 
into somebody else's life around us, not for us to get jealous of what God did in their life, but for us to say, wait a minute, if God did it in them, then God can do it in me. When we see the blessing that takes place in other people's lives, when we see the blessing that may be on another church, when we see the blessing that may be on another ministry, it's not so that we can compare ourselves and feel distant, it's so that we can realize that if we will make room for God in the same way that they made room for God, that God can work in the same miracle that God worked in their life, he'll work in ours. Will you make room? Will you make room for me? He's building her faith. And then she says in verse 38, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord. And I love it that she says bond slave because it's not slave. Okay, because the difference is, is a slave was there because you owed a debt or because you were sold. You had no choice in it. A bond slave is someone who chose to give up their freedom to continue to serve a master. And she says, listen, I'm going to be to the point of a bond slave. And here's the thing about a bond slave. A bond slave was for life. They were committed to the master for life. Mary identifies herself as your bond slave of the Lord. May it be done according to your word. And then it says, the angel departed. Now, let's talk about this a little bit. When Mary agreed to be a part of this miracle, I think she didn't initially know what she was getting into. You know, there's a Christmas song that we hear all the time, this time of year. And if you listen to any Christian radio station, you're going to hear 15 different artists within 15 minutes sing this song. Mary, did you know that your baby boy? And like, that song to me is like automatic radio change. Because here's the thing. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Yes, Mary knew that. The angel came and gave her the 411. The angel came, showed up, told her, hey, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the savior of the world. He's going to be the son of God, the son of the most high. Yes, Mary knew that. But what Mary didn't know, that song probably, Mary, did you know that people are going to look at you and think you've been sleeping around. Mary, did you know that your fiancé could send you away and that for the rest of your life you're going to be looked at as damaged goods because you couldn't keep yourself pure before your marriage? Mary, did you know that because of that, the rest of your life, you may be living in your father's house because no other man may want to touch you because you're going to be looked at like some type of prostitute or promiscuous girl. Did you know that by agreeing to be a part of this miracle that you're going to have people glare at you and you're going to have the people, hey, there she comes. You better keep her away from your husband. You know what I heard? I heard that 
And you know she can't just be like, hey guys, um, I know I'm pregnant right now, but I've never known anybody before. No, an angel came and told me that God was going to make me pregnant without me ever knowing somebody. You know they're going to be like, Mary is loco. Somebody needs to lock Mary up because Mary thinks that God got her pregnant. I know you're laughing now, but this is her reality. This is not a laughing matter for her. This miracle was going to cause great shame, pain, and embarrassment. This miracle was going to affect the rest of her life. Not every miracle in your life equals huge blessing and comfort and prosperity and all of those things. Some miracles in your life, when you make room for God, it may even seem like a curse when it first happens. But God is not a God of temporary circumstances. God is a God who had a much bigger picture. God is not being cruel to her by asking her what he is getting ready to do. God chose her. Can you imagine the first time when Mary has to face Joseph and she's beginning the show and she can't hide it anymore? Knowing that he could send her away. In fact, in Matthew chapter 1, it says that Joseph's, Joseph's intention was fully, he wasn't going to embarrass her, but he was going to send her away. And then God had to step in and send an angel to Joseph to let him know, hey, Mary ain't been stepping out on you. She ain't been cheating on you. The baby that she's going to have was for me. And you need to take her and you need to continue to marry her. When Mary surrendered to be available to give birth to this miracle child, by the fact that she said, I'm your bond slave, and again, bond slaving mean I'm your slave, I'm your, I'm your servant for the rest of my life. She was saying, God, through thick and thin, through the dark days, the bad days, the good days, whatever days they are, God, I'm for you. Let, let what you said, let it happen in my life. If I, if I got to be a single mom, then... I'll be, a, I'll be the best single mom I can be. I'll do whatever I can. Whatever your will is, God. And she goes and comes time for her to have the baby. And there's not even room in the inn for her. She has to go into a barn and into a stable to give birth to the Son of God. Now, I'm sure, like, the thinking that we would have would be like, Mary, uh, you know, if, if we were in Mary's position right now, and we're going to have the Son of God and give birth to the Son of God, then we're going to think he is at least going to allow us to be in the most nice you know, labor and delivery unit that there is in the world. I mean, after all, this is the son of God, right? Like, we're going to have the best doctors working on it, you know, the best pain medications that's available out there. Like, God, if I'm doing you this favor, 
by putting my reputation on the line, by all this stuff, if I'm doing this for you, then you're going to give me the best situation possible, right? No. No, Mary, you're, you're going to give birth right next to some cows and sheep and donkeys. You're going to lay down in some hay and there's going to be a big cow patty to the right of your head. That, and as you're doing your deep breathing, you're going to breathe in the smells of manure and I think it's important that we don't look at Christmas and forget about how inconvenient it was for Mary. And that we don't realize that sometimes in our life, it may seem like we're laying in a dirty stable with cow manure and sheep and goats and all those smells around our life. Our lives may seem like they're in that place. But if we continue to be faithful and hold on and trust God, that God would do something beautiful even from a manger. And I think... There's people that are in this room. There's people that are watching on TV. That right now, the life that you live is not the one you signed up for. You made room for God, and it seems like the more room you made for God, the stinkier and the messier the situation became. And some of you, you even feel like that it's all your fault or that you've missed God in some way and that God is angry with you in some way. And I want you to realize sometimes when you make room for God, you get the stable. Sometimes when God works a miracle in your life, and can I tell you, especially if you're going to be in ministry, most of the time when God works miracles in your life, it has nothing to do with you. It's for the people that you're going to impact and you're going to reach. And Mary was willing to go through all of these things. And I want you to know something too. When, when the angel of the Lord appeared before Mary, the angel of the Lord didn't say one day, the son that you're going to watch grow up and you're going to see him perform miracles and you're going to see him heal the sick and raise the dead. The son that you held and you nursed and you loved and you surrendered him into ministry. Okay, he's old enough. He needs to go do his ministry. He needs to do, he's got to be about his father's business. I understand that. And one day you'd be standing at a cross with this little baby loved with all your heart this little miracle child would be hanging naked being mocked and humiliated having the flesh ripped off of his back and his body 
to the point of where it was unrecognizable. as a grown man that you would watch your child die the most horrific horrifying death that there was and yet in that moment when it seems like everything is over Mary knew what the angel had spoken to her your son is going to save through the stable and the pushing and the inconvenience I gotta do this because there's gonna be a difference made my son's it's the son of God it's the it's worth it it's worth it when he's on the cross God I don't know how this is supposed to lead to the salvation of the world but I know what you spoke to me and what you spoke to me was going to be that if I would make room for you in my life, that my son would save the nations. My son would be the savior to the world. So God, I continue to trust in you. And three days later, the same son that she saw hanging, naked, being beat, humiliated on a cross, she sees raised from the dead, walking around. And then she sees him ascend into the heavens. So the question is, are we willing to make room for in our life for God to move? Even if we have to go through stinky times in our life like Mary did. Are we willing to make room for God to move in our life even if it makes our life painful or inconvenient? Or do we just sign up for the miracles and the blessing and the provision? In the days that we live in, we are going to have the greatest opportunity for our light to shine the brightest that there's ever been. The Bible tells us that in the last days that God is going to pour out His Spirit on all flesh. The sons and daughters will prophesy the rich, the poor, male and female, they'll all speak on behalf of God. The Bible tells us that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and what God wants to do in His church and through His church in the last days is going to be greater than anything the world has ever seen before. Yes, there will be a great falling away, but there will also be a great harvest of souls that will come in. And God is looking for people who will make room, who will realize that in this making room, there is an eternal perspective. I'm not going to get caught up in my temporary comfort right now. I'm not going to get caught up on what people may say about me on Facebook or Instagram or social media or anything like that. I know what God has spoken to me. I know who God has called me to be. I know what God wants to do in me and through me. And so just because things think right now just because things look tough right now just because things hurt right now I am not backing down I'm not giving up I'm not closing the door that I opened up for God instead I'm gonna lean in even more I'm gonna press into the pain because I realize there's an eternal purpose on the other side of this pain and I'm not giving up
up. I'm not giving in. I'm not quitting and shutting the door on God. I'm moving forward. And I'm going to make more room for God. Because it's not about my temporary comfort right now. It's about my eternal comfort and life that I'm going to have with God in heaven one day. And I'm willing to go through temporary pain and inconvenience if it means that I can reach other people for the glory of God. And they'll escape what is waiting on them if they don't find their Savior. I'm going to shine my light even if people throw things at me while I do it. I'm going to shine my light even if I'm called names while I do it. Because I'm not just serving God for what I can get out of Him. I realize what Jesus did for me. And so if He was willing to take up His cross for me, I'm willing to take up my cross for Him. And I want to serve Him every day of my life. I want you to bow your heads for just a second. I just want you to take a second and just ask God, God, what are you speaking to me specifically? Is there something that I started doing and then things got tough and so I backed off and I stopped doing it? God, is there some area that you're asking for that I'm not willing to make room because it's going to hurt? It's going to be inconvenient. What am I holding on to? I'm telling you right now, there's some of you that you know without a doubt the call of God for ministry is on your life and things were rough, things stunk, things were horrible and you had a horrible representation of it. I'm telling you right now, God is not done with you. He still has a plan. He still has a purpose and he is just waiting for you to make yourself available to him again. The same power of the Holy Spirit that used to flow through you before to bring spiritual life into other individuals. God is wanting to, that Spirit of God to flow through you again. Don't shut Him out. Open the door and make room. For some of you, you've walled people off. You don't trust people. You don't trust pastors. You don't trust church folks. God is saying, I need you to open yourself up. Even though there may be a little bit of wounding, even though there may be, I need you to open your heart back up. Because I still have plans. I still have things I want to work in you. And I still have things I want to work through you. God's able to heal the hurt and the pain. In the same way that he redeemed Mary's pain and hurt that she went through. And she saw her son raised from the dead and saw him ascend into heaven and fulfill his call and purpose if you will open up those areas again that have been painful and hurtful if you'll open them up again you'll see the life of God on the other side of it you just got to make room Father I pray right now for every individual God in this room watching in their home online and our other campuses that are joining in holy spirit i pray right now that you begin to move upon your people father god i pray that as you draw and you're stirring in people's hearts god i pray that they have the same response that mary had your bond servant your servant for life he says 
whatever your will is for me, do it in my life, God. I'm going to make room for you. You do what you want to do, God. I'll go through pain. I'll go through inconvenience. I'll allow my reputation to be destroyed, God, because it's never been about me, God. It's always been about you and what you want to do through me. So I make room for you. Holy Spirit, if there's things in my heart, things in my life that don't belong there, God, I put them down. Cast them away, God. Ask for you to bring life through me, God. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and share. For more content, to connect with us, or if you'd like to support this ministry by giving, visit our website, iheartchurch.online. We love you and have a great day.